You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, and I am your host, Chrissy Beltran. Back in episode 60, we talked about tiering teachers and providing different levels of support for teachers with different needs. And then in the last episode, I mentioned at the very end that today we were going to talk about creating a coaching menu that included different levels of support so there are access and entry points for each teacher. So that's the topic that we're going to get into today. Um, We want to make sure that all of our work is really clear to teachers and that teachers know what we do and how we do it. Because as I've mentioned before, if you haven't told them, they don't know. So we talked about how important it is to really introduce this idea of of coaching work to teachers and to introduce it with clarity and really define your role in season one. So now we're going to look at the levels of support that coaches can, can provide and then how to use those levels of support to build a coaching menu that has something for everyone so that you will find a way to get in the door of every single classroom on your campus. Well, that can be easier said than done, right? (laughs) But if you have different kinds of coaching support on your menu, people are more likely to look at that tool and say, ah, there's something here for me. This is something that I can ask for that is not too scary. If we only have really high levels of support, like a whole coaching cycle that's centered around co-teaching and modeling or observations, that can be really stressful to people. And so we sometimes want to have, or we always want to have, certain supports that are a little bit less stressful and kind of like low-hanging fruit that can give teachers small wins. A small win is when a teacher works with you to do literally anything and it has a positive impact on their classroom and they say, ah, this person has value. When you give teachers a small win, they are more likely to come back for the big ones. But sometimes we try to push them into lots of support right away and people are not ready for that because they don't have a really great relationship with you yet. In my episode that I talked to uh, Steve Barclay, we talked about how teachers are more likely to accept that support if you are working around a goal that they have. So if you say, what is something you are trying to make happen in your classroom? What do you want to see happen in your classroom? And the question that he asked that I thought was brilliant is, what is... Can you, can you think of a student that you are having to work really hard for and you're not getting a return on that investment that you would have expected? Because that acknowledges that teachers are working really hard. It actually shows that we believe teachers are doing their jobs to the best of their ability and that we can help them do things sometimes better or easier. And so what, by presenting ourselves that way and saying, you can choose the mode of support, you can choose what we focus on, we are more likely to have teachers welcome us into their classrooms instead of saying, oh, here comes Chrissy again, <laughs> and she's here to tell me what to do, right? That is not the role that we want to represent to our teachers. So let's talk about the three different levels of support and then a little bit about how you can introduce these to your teachers. I'm going to start out with level one supports, which are like entry level supports. These are for your teachers who kind of give you the side eye. <laughs> they don't completely trust you yet. They don't completely know you yet. It's, and, it's, and maybe they haven't ever enlisted your support before, or they kind of do, they slowly close the door on your face <laughs> whenever you try to offer that support. So these are basic supports that you want to include on your list to make sure that teachers know that they can enlist you for things that are not 
scary. And so that could be as easy as serving as a sounding board. You can say, if you're trying to work through an issue in your classroom or plan a lesson, I will listen and I will give you the feedback that you asked for, whatever that is. So if you are struggling or venting or complaining, I can at least serve as a sounding board and help you think through this, this issue that you're having. That's a very basic level of support because there's no action tied to it. No one's in your classroom. The teacher can pop by your room and say, hey, I just need a sounding board. So that's one way to get started in, in developing a relationship with a teacher. You can also just pop in for a check-in. And a check-in is as easy as visiting the room and saying, hey, how's it going? And it doesn't mean it's happening during instructional time. Whenever you do a check-in, you probably don't want it to be during instructional time because nobody wants you in there when, uh, when they're in the middle of a lesson for you to ask, hey, how's things, how are things going? That's, it's really very distracting and, and not really considerate of the teacher's instructional time. So this is something that you might do first thing in the morning or during their conference period if that's an okay time to visit. And you can just pop in and say, hey, I'm here for a check-in. So that could be one of the supports that you offer to teachers, a regular check-in. That may not be something they ask for, but it's something that I definitely recommend that you do on a regular basis to show teachers that you are there and that you care about them as people and teachers. Another really easy um, way to get into the door of a classroom is to offer resource recommendations. Sometimes teachers have been using the same stuff forever, <laughs> the same resources over and over, and something changes and they realize they have to figure out something new. Sometimes that's not working for their group of kids, or they have new mandates that they have to meet and they don't know how to do it. They don't have the resources necessary to do it. Sometimes the standards change and they're saying, they're looking at their standards and they go, oh, so the old standard was all about teaching main idea. The new one is about finding the details that support the main idea. I would like to see if we have something different that will help me reach this, help me work with my students on this standard in the classroom. And they can approach you and ask you for that resource recommendation. If you provide that on your menu, they'll know that they can come to you for that support. So those are three really basic levels of support that you can provide to teachers um, at a very entry level that is kind of as you're developing that relationship with them and showing them your value. It's not just about helping out. It's about providing them some kind of support that will impact their instruction. So sounding board, check-in, and resource recommendation are three really basic levels of support. Level two supports are things that take place outside of their classroom. So the first level is just like entry level basic stuff. The second level is things that take place outside of their classroom. So it could be in your classroom or in a PLC room or something along those lines. We're moving up the chain of command here. You know, we're moving up to more complex supports, but we haven't yet gotten into that classroom, which of course is the goal. So our second level of support includes visiting a colleague, which I highly recommend making available to your teachers. Whenever you have teachers visit a colleague, it can be life-changing. I, I know I can, I'm speaking from personal experience here. When I was a teacher, I was about probably about four or five years in into my teaching career, and I was working on my master's at the time, and I was told that I had to go visit a colleague and then do a write-up on it, write you know, a paper about what I saw and what I observed and how it was going to impact my teaching. So I went to observe a friend of mine who was teaching a different grade level than I was. But what I saw completely changed my approach to so many things. And it was so beneficial to me. And you know what? It's the first time I had been in another teacher's classroom since the year I started teaching. 
And that's not right, guys. <laughs> we have got to be making opportunities for teachers to observe each other, visit each other. There are so many amazing things going on in classrooms across your schools that other teachers don't even know about. And just because we sit in the room and talk about what we do does not mean we're really conveying what that looks like when we work with kids. So if you can create an opportunity for teachers to visit a colleague, you will absolutely get a return on that investment of your time and effort. So it's not a hard thing to do. Basically, you find a colleague who is willing to have that teacher in their classroom, and the teacher can approach you and ask you for something specific, or you can offer. For example, if you see that a teacher is really struggling in a certain area, and they're, they're also aware that they're struggling in that area, you can say, you know what? I actually, I, I know that, that Ms. So-and-so has been working on this very idea, and I think she's figured out some things that you might actually really enjoy too. Would you like to see if I could set up a visit so you can pop in and, and visit and see how that goes? And most of the time, they'll say yes. I've actually never had anybody say no because we're eager to see each other teach. We're curious. So then we go visit that other teacher. We say, hey, is it okay if Ms. So-and-so comes and visits you this day and time? You provide kind of a note taker to the teacher who is visiting. And then ideally, you have a debrief. And because you are supporting this, you can structure it like a coaching cycle where you have a pre-conference, the classroom work, and a post-conference so they can talk about how they're going to apply that work into their classroom. That's one way that you can do it. It can also be less, uh, a little more low-key than that, but I do recommend having at least one or two touch points around this because if not, you don't really know if it's making the impact that you'd hope. And you don't know what the teacher is walking away with and, and you're there to be an instructional support to help them talk through it and think through what they learned. So visiting a colleague is a low level of support in terms of stress level, but it can be very impactful. So that's a great support for, for level, level two. Another really great support for level two is planning support. Now, sometimes we already have these systems built into our school day. For example, whenever I was an instructional coach, I had a planning PLC every week with three grade levels. And then the next week I met with the other three grade levels. We met with 90 minutes for, for, the, for that time frame, And we met for 90 minutes. <laughs> and then we actually planned for two weeks of content for specific content areas that I was supporting in. That was standard for me. However, that's not standard everywhere. So many times people are either planning on their own or they're working in a team and with, maybe with their grade level and they're quote planning, but they're not really walking away with a really specific plan of what they're going to do. It just depends. Every grade level functions differently. But many times whenever I see grade level teams plan without any sort of facilitator, they come up with ideas and maybe a sequence, but you don't really know what that lesson is going to look like when you're in the classroom. So planning support can look differently depending on um, what, what, you, what your teacher actually needs. If you are supporting a grade level, I actually have an episode all about that, and that is episode seven. And it will walk you through the steps to creating a really strong planning PLC routine that will support teachers. If you're supporting an individual, you might be planning from scratch. Or you might be taking plans that they have created and refining them or really scripting them out and rehearsing and thinking about what they might look like in the classroom and making adjustments based on that, that conversation that you have. So your planning support can look different depending on who, it's, who you're supporting. But basically, you're saying, we're going to create a lesson that you're going to roll out in that classroom, and then you're going to see what you think. Another kind of support that you can have at level two is data review. 
So data review, again, this takes place outside of their classroom. Whenever you're reviewing data, you can use a process that I describe in episode eight. It walks you through all of the steps. And actually, there's a really cool free tool that you can download there too. Um, but the idea is that you are creating a plan based on the data. You're not just looking at data and talking about why the kids struggled or what they did. You're using that to create an intervention plan or a support plan or a reteaching plan or a next steps plan that's going to help the teacher apply something in their classroom. So planning so that, that data review can lead into planning support as well because you're responding to the data. Another level two support that you can provide is reviewing student work. When you review student work together, um, it, there's a few different ways that you can do this, but I recommend that you lay out several different um, uh, pieces of, of work from one assignment. So you have kind of a range of kids who did really well and maybe kids who did not do as well. And then you can either create a rubric to assess that assignment if one had not been created, or you can just make observations and kind of make observations across the board. I have found that so many teachers don't have that that dialogue with themselves about what they see and why it's happening. And if we can coach the thinking around really examining that student work and talking about what is happening here, why do you think it happened, what can we do about it, we can really change the way that they approach working with their students. So I definitely recommend reviewing student work as a level two support and creating a follow-up plan just like you would if you reviewed data. The last level two support that you can add to your menu is professional development. And while PD is often available for the entire school, individual teachers might want a refresher on something. So for example, if one of the initiatives at your school has is guided reading, and maybe teachers have been trained on that over a few years, they may have some specific things that they're like, I just don't get this. And they could say, I would love some professional learning around comprehension strategies for guided reading and what that can look like. So you can prepare a little session for them. And ideally, you can share those resources with other teachers as well, but you're specifically focusing it on the, the support that they requested. Level three is your main support that you really want to provide to teachers because it's going to be the most impactful support that you provide. Basically, it's a coaching cycle. It's the meat of your coaching cycles. And that you can learn all about coaching cycles in episode three, where I introduce the entire coaching cycle model. And then in episode four, I share specifically about observations. In episode five, I share about modeled lessons. And in episode six, I share about co-teaching. But I'm gonna kind of summarize them here so you know exactly what that can look like for your coaching menu. So in a coaching cycle, you have a pre-conference where you are deciding on a goal, usually something the teacher wants to grow in, but it also sometimes realistically has come from district initiatives. And then the goal might be, well, our goal is to meet these initiatives, right? <laughs> it's to meet these expectations that have been set, set by outside people. Then you do some classroom work. And that's where the observations, the model lessons, or the co-teaching comes in. And then you have a post-conference at which you debrief, you discuss how things went, and then you make a plan for next steps, hopefully. You, ideally, you will continue the work somehow. So whenever you're doing a model lesson, that's whenever you're going into the classroom and you are showing the teacher what a specific lesson could look like. Ideally, you want to plan that together during your pre-conference because that way everybody knows what is, being, what is coming and all the materials are prepared and everything is where it should be and you know how to handle classroom management. And I really talk about that in that model lesson session episode, episode five, because handling classroom management is so important when you are a guest in that classroom and you need to know exactly what you're expected to do and what the kids are expected to do. 
If you're doing an observation, then you are visiting the classroom and you are watching the teacher do a lesson and then you're giving them feedback. So a teacher may ask for an observation if they say, I've been doing some this and I'm not sure what's not clicking. Something is not clicking with my kids or I'm not getting the response that I need or I need support in classroom management. So I need you to see what's already going on. And that might be a good time to offer an observation support. A model lesson support is like the teacher says, I have no idea how to introduce this. I'm stuck. My kids are not getting it and we're just not making any progress here. Can you show me a different way to do this thing that I'm trying to do? Co-teaching is when you are both teaching together. And I have a really precise support system for co-teaching in episode six, where you actually identify who's going to do what at each point in the lesson. And I totally recommend that you do that because <laughs> co-teaching when you have not been really specific about who's doing what does not go well and it's stressful and it makes you feel icky. So make sure that if you're co-teaching, that means you're both teaching and you're kind of learning together and trying things out together, that you are really precise in what's going to happen during that lesson. So that pre-conference is super important regardless of what kinds of classroom work you're going to do because everybody always needs to know what's going to happen in order to maximize the value of that coaching cycle. So those are the three different levels of support. Level one is your entry-level supports, basic stuff, your sounding board, check-ins, and resource recommendations. Level two are things that take place outside of their classroom, so they're not going to be as impactful as level three, but they are important supports, such as visiting a colleague, planning support, data reviews, reviewing student work, and professional development. And then level three is really focusing on your coaching cycle. That's where you want to get everybody to go. And that can look like observations, model lessons, and co-teaching as part of that three-part coaching cycle. Now you need people to know what you do, right? So you build your menu and it's beautiful. I've seen some people do, um, like menus more like a restaurant menu where they're like an appetizer might be your level one support. And then um, you might have like a first course and a second course. And those are your level two and level three supports. I've seen people do, um, you know, post conferences can look different because maybe they're virtual, maybe they're in person, maybe they're written. So maybe that's like a a dessert. You know, some people split it up that way to make it look like a little menu. I just put a bunch of different choices <laughs> because I don't want people to think that some things are good and some things are not. It's all good. All the support is good, right? But we do want to move people along this continuum to get them to level three, but we don't want to make a point that, oh, you're not where you need to be. And I, I don't think that's helpful. So I just put a bunch of different kinds of options onto my menu and I let teachers choose from there if they can, you know, look at the menu and think about what might be helpful for them where they are. And I can, of course, coach them in making that decision, but I want them to know what's available. So we really need to show teachers what we do. And one way to do that is to introduce your different services that you provide during some kind of presentation. Ideally, the beginning of the year is great. However, this year, this past year was absolute chaos, right? So if you can set up for the beginning of this coming year to have a coaching session where you introduce everybody to all the different supports, like if you can do this school-wide, that's awesome. If you can do it as a coffee with a coach or cookies with a coach and just share with the people who show up, that's good. If you um, really basically you want to communicate with this with your administrator and make sure that they're on board with all the supports that you're providing and that you are able to communicate this with teachers at some point so they all know what to expect. So that can look different ways, but really you just have to figure out how to get that information out to teachers the first time. And then you're probably going to need several touch points after that because it's kind of like whenever you see an ad for a sweater and you really like it and maybe you, you scroll past and you're like, oh, that's nice. 
And the next time you see the ad for the sweater, maybe you scrolling and scrolling and you go, oh, there's that sweater. I really like that. And you click into it and you look at the price and you're like, oh, I don't know. Nah, maybe. The next time you look at that sweater, you might click into it, think the price is worth it and actually go get your credit card, right? That's kind of the way it is with teachers. We need multiple exposures to what you can offer before they go, oh yeah, well that's for me, I'm gonna take that. And the only way to do that is to do it over and over and over again, and it can, it can feel a little bit daunting to have to do that, but realistically, that's just the nature of the beast. Humans need repetition, and we need to get acclimated to an idea, and the more exposures people have to it, the more likely they are to accept it. So come back and share that menu in lots of different ways at different times. You can learn more about different ways to get your foot in the door. Um, in episode 18, I talk about six different strategies that you can use to get your foot in the door to actually provide these coaching supports. Um, but basically, keep coming back to it and don't give up. Once you've created your menu, stick to it. Get it out there in, in as many ways as you possibly can. And you can actually use those level one supports as a way to get more reluctant or hesitant teachers on board. Because if you hear complaints, which is one of my favorite things to listen for, <laughs> if you hear complaints, you can offer that coaching support as a response to the complaint. If they are struggling with something, you take it and flip it into an opportunity and you say, I can help with that. Let's, why don't we try this and give them the option from your menu that would best support them in that area. And level one supports are a good way to start, but visiting a colleague is highly impactful and it's a level two support because it's not as threatening. So I definitely recommend that you check it out. You can get a copy of a coaching menu and it's a free download for you. And that's actually, if you go to buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 68, that's episode with a capital E, number six, number eight. Um, you can download that coaching menu in the show notes. And I recommend that you do because it's a sample of one that I have used and it might give you a starting point in designing your own, or maybe you'll look at it and go, perfect, I'm done. And just use that one. That's fine with me. You can also get the coaching menu and an editable version of the coaching menu, plus a presentation where you introduce your different supports. It's, it's formatted, it's, and then there's editable pages as well that you can add your own supports that you want or adjust them. And it includes all the tools that you need for coaching cycles, whether you're co-teaching, modeling, or observing, it's all in there. That's called um, the Coaching in Classrooms resource. Actually, it's instructional coaching forms for the coaching cycle. You can get that at my TPT store, if you go to teacherspayteachers.com and you actually go to my page, my store is Chrissy Beltron Buzzing with Miss B. You can just search for it. You'll see the instructional coaching forms for the coaching cycle. Those are the um, forms that are going to help you really initiate those coaching cycles. It's even got these beautiful invitations in there that you can add your information onto. And it's going to help you work through those cycles in a way that's really purposeful and productive. And of course, those are level three supports that we want to get all of our teachers to. So definitely check that out and grab the free download at episode 68, buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 68. Next week, I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Episode 69, we are interviewing Mrs. Hauser, and maybe you have seen her, her website. She's been around forever, and we're going to talk about different systems that she uses to help keep herself organized and focused and productive and efficient. That is one of the hardest <laughs> challenges that coaches have is managing all the millions of things and creating systems that actually get us through each week with purpose and um, effectiveness. So definitely listen into that episode because we're going to share some really good tips and I know you're going to walk away with something valuable. 
Until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.